All right, we have a special guest. Please remain standing because uh, I'd love to give this guy a warm welcome. We have two beautiful people all the way from the Czech Republic, Mike and Camilla. Mike, who's backstage, and Camilla, who's just down here. These are two wonderful people who, as a church community, we've known for many years. Um, they uh, planted a new thing in the city of Brno. Not Bruno, okay, because we don't talk about Bruno, if you've seen Disney, okay. Um, in a city called Brno, a really up-and-coming, youthful city. And they're doing just something new. And they've got a very similar heart to us, creating an atmosphere where people can experience excellence as well as the presence of God. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. I don't want to speak too, too much over them, but I just appreciate Mike and Camilla for you guys coming. They've got two uh, wonderful little girls who are back home and they're just uh, giving us, some people in Wigan, a weekend out of their year to come and help and serve and teach us. So I know uh, what Mike is going to bring. I know his topic is something that he's walked through personally. And I know it's going to speak to you and your situation. So, hey, I'm the senior leader. So I, I expect you to be responsive, to be open, to get the best out of this guy because you've got him for one day only. So with that being said, can we give a huge, massive Wigan welcome to Mike? Come on, give it up for Mike. Hello, church. It's really great to be here. Uh, you may be seated. It's really great to be here. Uh, I must be open with you. Uh, I love this church. You may, know, you, you may not know me, but I have been coming here for, for years. For first time I've been here, it's like seven years ago. I made friends with your leaders. And it feels like a perfect place to preach for the first time in English, the whole sermon. I can't picture a better place to do it than here. Great to have my wife here with me. She's easily recognized just by being the most beautiful girl in the room. But don't aim at me, you could get into trouble. Um, but yeah, it's great to be here. It's an honor, it's a privilege. Today I will speak about my favorite topic. The topic that I preach the last months, wherever I visit a church. My theme today is called The Four Gifts of the Father. And it's very probable you never heard about Four Gifts of the Father. I will speak about four gifts that every good father can give to his children. And I will take Jesus and his relationship with his father as a main example. And even if you believe or not that Jesus is a son of God... Uh, as he himself claims to be, it is pretty clear that Jesus is one of the most important characters of human history. We believe he is the most important. Uh, when we take his impact on humanity, he's been huge. But you know, what we often do with stories of leaders, we sort of judge them by their abilities only, right? So when you take Hulk, what is Hulk known for? Pretty green. Pretty strong. What is Superman known for? Can fly. What is Jesus known for? Conquer death, maybe. You know, saved humanity, offered the way back to God. We judge them only according to their skills and abilities, but we often forget their story, how they become the person they became. 
And what we see in Jesus' story so clearly is how much he needed the presence of his Father. We as Christians believe that Jesus was, Jesus was fully man and fully God. Yet as God, as God in human body, he needed to be close to his Father. And just like him, everyone needs a Father. Everyone needs a Father. You know, in every single one of us, regardless of our age, there is a cry and a deep need of a loving Father. We're created that way. And here comes attention, because when you think about what we call the Trinity, you know, God in three persons, Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son, and Jesus the Father, and God the Father, you know, there is only one Spirit, there is only one Jesus, but there is not only one Father, right? Because when I say God the Father, we immediately split our attention to two fathers, God the Father and our earthly Father. And that image of the Father is never perfect, therefore, because a perfect earthly Father doesn't exist. There is none perfect fathers in this room today, because we're all imperfect people. And if we experience some deficit in the relationship with our earthly Father, it is very possible that we will carry the deficit over the relationship with our heavenly Father. And you know, the relationship with our earthly father, it has influence even over much more than, than just our spiritual life. It actually has a massive influence over our whole life and well-being. There is much research proving that a present loving father has a huge impact on very practical things. How the children are doing at school, in relationship, emotional health. It has great impact over our lives. Did you know that the millennial generation is often called a fatherless generation? Now, there is a big divorce rate in our society, but also fatherless, not just because children don't have fathers, but often father is absent in the family. Not physically, but emotionally, relationally, absent, or doesn't have a healthy influence. In one of his articles, the psychologist Phil Zimbardo paints a broken image that many young men have today in mind about what it means to be a man. And these are some characteristics. Never ask for help. Figure out problems on your own. Do not, do not admit your own failures. Do not ask anyone about anything. Do not speak about stuff that is too personal. Emotions are for girls and men don't cry. And that is a very dangerous stigma. Very dangerous. And we as church, we as church should always stand against this and provide an example for our society in what it means to be a man, a father. Because I can tell you we have the best example we can have. We have the best example. We often, as men, suppress our own emotions that come out, often later, mostly by anger. We are often used to carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders and are crushed by it. Even when nobody asks us to do that. How do we cope with that? Often we run. We often run to our jobs. We eat unhealthily. We drink too much alcohol. We can have very few true friends. Maybe it's not about everyone in this room, I hope. <laughs> but if we are very open to ourselves, maybe 
will catch a glimpse of those things in our own eyes. So what we need is a strong and well-functioning example, right? And today, as I mentioned before, we will take a look at the strongest and the uh, we'll take a look at the strongest and most, most healthy relationship between a father and a son that we can possibly choose. We'll take a look at how the Bible describes the relationship with Jesus and his father. And I will start with a passage where God the Father, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, is saying a very powerful words about him, words that hide many good things. I'll read from Matthew Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You know, these are the words that every person wishes that his father would say out loud in the presence of others. We would all love that. Love to hear that, you know. Imagine that your father in the presence of you and others says, Look, this is my son. Look, this is my daughter whom I love. This is my joy. I'm so proud of him. I'm so, so proud of her. Every one of us would love to hear that. And do you know what's important about these words? The timing here is crucial. The timing. Because this is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry on earth. Jesus is about to be 30 years of age. He's not a baby. Yet, he hasn't done anything particular and anything supernatural yet. There are no crowds following him yet. No disciples. No miracles. So what his father tells him, it is not a reward. We shouldn't say those words as, as parents as a reward. It's a gift from a father to his son. And it's tricky sometimes because we live in a, in a world where we must deserve everything, right? We feel like we should deserve things. But God's love actually does not care at all about our performance. It's not a performance thing. It's, it's an identity thing, right? Being a son, being a daughter is for free. It's not a merit thing. Cannot be, cannot become. So this is, this is the first, first, um, first sentence, first passage that hides three of those four gifts. But it's not complete yet. I'll read a second passage where, the, where there's fourth gift hidden in the, that passage. I'll read from Matthew 17, verse 5, a few chapters after the what happened in the first passage. A bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. There is one thing added. Listen to him. A little bit, little bit of context here. Jesus takes his inner circle, his three closest disciples, to a mountain. He has a moment of divine glory on his body. They see it. He's speaking with heroes from Hebrew history. Peter doesn't understand. He speaks nonsense in there. You know, those people, maybe someone like that around you that, you know, there are some moments where just everybody should be quiet and just, you know, sort of watch at the miracle he's seeing. But, you know, some people just start talking right at the moment, right? 
So Peter did that. He said, great to be here. You know, let's build some tents here. <laughs> what? Jesus being transfigured. Like, don't speak about tents. <laughs> but <laughs> that sentence is the key to the four gifts. This is my son who I'm loved. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. So today I will extend the usual look on fatherhood because we often speak about one or maximum two of the gifts, of the four gifts that I will speak about today. Maybe we talk sometimes about identity, maybe we talk sometimes about love, but it's only the two gifts of the four I will speak about today. Each of the four gifts is incredibly important, and even if we miss just one of them, it can cause our inability to receive or give healthily in relationships because we just miss it. So the four gifts of the Father are the Father's identity. That's the phrase, this is my son. The Father's love. The loved son, whom I love. The Father's pleasure is the third one. With him I'm well pleased. And the fourth gift is called the Father's place. That's where the Father says, listen to him. And now we'll have a closer look at each of these gifts. And please reflect on your own lives. How full do you feel inside about these gifts? Or how empty? Because this is incredibly important. And also, if you're a parent, how strongly do you feel you're giving these gifts to your children? So the first gift is father's identity. This is my son or this is my daughter. Identity. Identity is crucial because it gives basis to our self-worth, how we see ourselves. And what we believe about who we are is crucial because it determines how we treat ourselves and others. So the identity is given to us often in childhood or when we are being formed in our, when we're young by the sentence that starts by two powerful words, you are. Let's be very careful about what follows after those two words, always as parents. You are. Because we build identity by those two words. One of the four gifts of the Father. When we say sentences like, you are stupid, you are unable to do this, you are so much worse than your brother. Well, those are the sentences. If you heard those, you're probably never going to forget them unless the perfect father overwrites it with something better. This builds our identity. So we as parents, we should always address behavior or reactions, never address identity. Because our reactions, our behavior, it's not us. It's not who we are. Those are the things that we learn, but it's not us. The problem should be always divided from the person, right? So a father either builds identity or corrupts it. And the truth is, we're all naturally looking for a confirmation of who we are and what we do from our fathers. So that is the first gift, father's identity. Second gift is father's love, whom I love. So, love. <laughs> love is not measured by our conviction that we have manifested it as love is only truly shown is if it has been received. There is a big 
Big gap in here, right? Sometimes we think, well, I manifested love the best way I could. The question is, though, was the second person able to receive it? Big question in marriage, right? <laughs> Big question in, raising, in question of raising up children. You know, maybe you know the book Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. I believe it contains very key principles because love is not flat and every person receives it very differently. So my older daughter, for example, she does not care much about hugs and words, you know. I'm telling her, you know, you're my princess, you know, you're so beautiful, I love you. And she's like, yeah, 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 daddy. But you remember those moments where I woke up in the night and you came, you, you were with me, you know. You spent time with me. She doesn't care much about words. She doesn't care much about um, sweet sentences. She wants me to spend quality time with her. I just can't, I just can't make a difference, you know? I just can't replace good words when I'm not there for her. And the younger one, she's all about kisses and um, hugs. So for me, it's a bit easier, to be honest, because <laughs> she's so cute, you know? So it just comes naturally a bit, and she's cute, yeah? And, and um, we are cute together. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, so let's look for the ways how to love people around us because they are each individual. And a gift of love brings security. That is very important. It brings security when we are loved. And lack of love brings insecurity. So insecure people often have a lack of the gift of love. And every one of us carries what is called a fingerprint. Fingerprint from the father. Sometimes, maybe you, you, you think about, when you think about these gifts, you think more about mother, that's okay. But we just carry the fingerprints from our fathers. While growing up, our soul is like a wax. We're easy to put a mark on, but also we're very sensitive because the bad marks from our childhood are likely to stay often until the end of our lives if the perfect father doesn't heal it, doesn't overwrite it. So that's the second gift, father's love. Third gift is father's pleasure. With him, I'm well pleased. And this gift is a bit tricky because it is a bit different than love or identity. It shows that father is pleased with us, that he's proud of us, happy about us. And it is also tricky because it needs to be said out loud. Needs to be said out loud. Many fathers are proud of their children, yet never tell them. To think it and to say it are two absolutely different things, right? So how did your father react when you did something right? Did he praise you? Did he ever tell you he was proud of you? If you regularly heard those words from your parents, you can be very grateful. Because many people just never hear it. So that is the third gift, father's pleasure. Fourth gift is called father's place. Listen to him. This gift is linked with responsibility authority, and trust. Every one of us desires that our Father would see something good in us, would trust us with something important. And that is, this is the gift that I felt the most from my father, because my dad appointed me as, as youth pastor. He was a senior pastor at the time. He appointed me. He secured a full-time position in church for me, and he was criticized for that. You're doing it because it's your son and all of those things. And even one couple left the church because of that. Yet my father believed in me and stood by me because he knew and he believed I had a call from God and he knew his own motives. 
So that is Father's place. Listen to him. I believe in him. I'm giving him authority now. So every father needs to, needs to give his authority to his children by believing, in him, by believing in them, by giving them his trust and authority. So those are the four gifts. And they form a perfect mix. A perfect mix that Jesus was given to by his father. And that is one big reason why Jesus had the strength to become who he became. Because he was rich in the, in the gifts of the Father. And it became at the, at the beginning of his ministry because he needed that. He needed to know this. He needed to be rich in those four gifts. And as I said, if, even if one of the, the gifts is missing, it can have a bad effect on us. And you know, I want to say, this sermon is not, to meant, not meant to blame any parents, because most parents try their best, but we need to realize that no earthly father is perfect, and none of us will be perfect in our father's role. We, friends, we are all broken. We are all broken, and we need to know that. We need to be sort of ready for that. We need to learn from God the Father, yet we'll be never be perfect. Yeah. And only, that's the second thing, only a perfect Father can complete us and make us whole. So in my last part, I will focus on the effect which the lack of the Father's gifts can have on our life. If your life is sufficient in these fatherly gifts, then you will be able to receive healthily and give healthily in relationships. But most of us will probably have some kind of deficiency. And maybe that deficit is hidden. Maybe you never told it to anyone. Maybe you diminished his, its effect on you because you thought, well, I actually had great childhood, great parents. Yeah, but not perfect. None of us are perfect. So I want to challenge you today to be very sincere to yourself, and maybe you will find out that there is something that God can heal today. There is something God can do for you today. Do not let's not diminish our own troubles and deficiencies, because what we carry, we will transfer to other generation. So we're responsible to steward what's in us. And so let's speak about those deficiencies for a moment. There are two kinds of deficiencies. There is emptiness and there is trauma. They can also, of course, exist together. So fatherly emptiness, it can cause two things. Either it can trigger ins insensibility, which means that we close up, that part of ourselves connected to what we missed in the relationship with our father, but the problem is often we don't feel anything. So if I would ask you, how do you feel when you, when you um, think about your father, and you would, tell me, you would tell me, I don't feel anything, well, that, that says a lot. Because we close up ourselves. Some people, they just can't cry. And I just want to tell you, as a man, men do cry, men should cry, because it's healthy, because it's human, because it's normal. There are multiple... Stories in the Bible when men cry, Jesus cried, Jesus wept is actually the, the uh, shortest verse in the Bible. It's a normal thing to cry, and we should be able to do that. So the problem with, with insensibility is 
when we close up our heart, of course, we think we are protecting it for bad things. The problem is that we keep it closed also for good things. And maybe you don't feel like you're closed. Well, the best thing is to ask somebody who's close to you. Um, a partner, a close friend, because they know, they see it. Um, an emptiness can also create a gap in us. A gap, an empty spot that we try to fill up mostly with just anything that we find. Yeah. And it does not work. It can't work because that gap can be filled only by those fatherly gifts. Only by a perfect father. And trying to fill up that empty spot, we often try to run. We run to bad places, to bad habits, to wrong company. So, em so, so emptiness can cause insensibility or create a gap. And then there is trauma. And trauma also causes two things. The first one is self-defense. You know, when someone touches us where it hurts, what would what, what we do? We overreact, right? We can be aggressive, defensive, offended. You may know the saying that hurt people hurt people. And it's, it's very, you know, it's true. Um, when we're hurt, we hurt others. I'm sure you experienced it already with someone. You said an innocent thing, and the second person outbursted, and you didn't understand. Well, this is because he was hurt. So trauma can cause self-defense, and it can also cause distortion. That means our reality is deformed. And maybe because we had, for example, a deficit of trust from our father, we didn't feel he like, like he believed in us. We tried to prove to everyone we're good. We can do things. And then we can make very unwise decisions. We have a person in our, in our family that you know, was surrounded in his family by a businessman. And, and he was not trusted, really. And, and he's a grown man, but yet he tried to, to start his own business two times. And he went bankrupt the whole, you know, Two times he just went bankrupt because he's not a businessman, doesn't have a business mind. He just wanted to prove to everyone, I can do this as much as you can do that. And I can erase who I am just to prove you that you were wrong. So he brought debts on his family because of that. That's distortion. We try to chase those gifts just to, to gain it. But when we try to prove other people wrong, we don't gain the gift by that. We never can. Sometimes we don't see reality clearly through our own drama. Wow, I haven't been so positive in the last few minutes, right? I'm so sorry about that. But this sermon is like a psalm, right? Full of real things, live things, we should be very open in church about all of these things. Yet it does have a great ending. Because every story with God can have a great ending. The good news today is there is a perfect Father that can override 
what is broken with us. He can override the bad memories, all those sentences we can't erase from our minds. He has the power to override it. And He has the power to fill up those empty spots we have so that we don't have to fill it with stupid things that will never go into fill those gaps. And I wanted to lead you, want to lead you at the, at the end of this message to Him. So, please, make the first step today towards healing by being very sincere to ourselves and trying to identify what to focus on today. Because you know what? How we fight bad things? We just bring them to light. When we take, you know, everything what the enemy desires is just for the bad things to stay in the darkness because there they can thrive. But when we bring up our own mess onto God's light, then He does a lot. Then He does the work that we wouldn't be able to do. So, in which area in your life do you feel emptiness or pain? Is it the identity that gives the value? Is it the love that brings security? Is it the pleasure that gives healthy energy and motivation? Or is it the, the place that gives brings honor and is there any emptiness in you that cause insensibility like we're clo closed up we can't cry or the gap we're trying to chase anything just to fill it up or does the trauma in us does the wound cause self-defense in us do we have that that sensitive sensitive spot that anyone if, if anyone touches it we're just we just can't cope with it. We, we overreact. Or does it cause distortion? I believe God speaks when we're open. And today, we have a perfect opportunity to let the only perfect Father enter the areas in us that need restoration. God makes very clear in the Bible that He wants to be close. Did you know that there are over 2,300 mentions of the word Elohim, which means Almighty and Creator. And God is Almighty. God is a Creator. 2,300 mentions is quite a lot. But did you know also that there are 6,800 mentions of the word Yahweh, which means personal God. He makes very clear for us, He wants to be close. He doesn't want to be that impersonal force somewhere, only the Creator, only the, the Almighty God. We need to see Him that way, but that's not it. That's not, that's not the full picture. He wants to father us. He wants to bring the fullness of the Father's gift to us. And you know what? Maybe you think like, you know... Uh, you're the pastor and you know how to preach and blah, 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 you know, and uh, you probably have this all sorted out. Well, I don't. <laughs> this is also my personal story. The last two years, well, more probably, has been very difficult to me. I've been several times very close to fall into clinical depression because of the, the pressure I've been going through. We were repairing a nightclub in Brno for it to become a church. <laughs> that was pretty stressful. 
part of it because of a, it was a nightclub. And, uh, and also I was dealing with some personal stuff. And I've been seeing a Christian therapist every week for the last two years, actually. So this topic is still very alive for me as well. And the therapist has been helping me with overcoming some emotional health issues formed in my childhood, some of them very, very connected to the third gift. You know what? I'm saying this to everyone in my church. It is not a shame to share your issues. It is a way to victory. Let's remember, let us remember, we need to bring the mess in us to God's light. Let's never hide it. We should be the church that is carrying each other's burdens, right? We're all broken. We're not better than anyone else. But we've been given grace. And we've been given the best father we can possibly imagine. God wants to meet you today on your journey towards healing. I know a touch of a perfect father. The moment where you start to believe he's good about every thought. He's actually way better than you think, it, than you think about him right now. He's better than that. I have three ideas at the very end of this message. First idea. Maybe you have in mind a sentence that you've heard when you were growing up. You couldn't erase since then. Maybe it, it, that, that's a, it, you know rationally it's a lie. You know rationally it's a lie, but it's not rational. It just stays there because the words they build, I, I, built who we believe we are. They built I, I, our identity. Well, I want to tell you today, He is mighty to override that sentence, to override that lie with His truth. He's able to fill that emptiness, that empty spot that you feel. And I'll pray for that in a moment. The second thought, second idea. Maybe you're a parent today and you, you know, we all have a baggage that we carry from our families, right? We all carry some kind of baggage, some kind of lack of the gifts, of the four gifts. And today there is a chance for all of us that want to do that, that feel like they want to do that, to change the narrative for your own family. Maybe you feel like you, you carry a baggage from your own family, from your parents, and transferring it to your children, even though you don't want to do that. Yet sometimes we find ourselves doing just that. Today there is a moment for you to decide, I'm going to stop it in the name of Jesus today. And it's going to be a journey, but that decision is crucial for God to enter that and help you in it. Let's stop the unhealthy heritage for our families. And thir third thought, maybe you just feel like you have awesome parents. <laughs> And there are many awesome parents today in this room. If you have awesome parents, if they're still alive, please. And if they're here, give them a hug. If they're not here, write them a message of thankfulness. I'm going to pray, to, pray to that, uh, today and now. But before that, I just want to 
pronounce that sentence that Jesus, that Jesus heard from his father. I want to pronounce it over you. Maybe you never heard it. I'm younger than many of you in this room. It doesn't matter. I believe it doesn't. I want to pronounce that sentence over you now as if God the Father says that. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And remember, this is not a married thing. It's an identity thing. It's a gift. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And to all the women and girls in this room, you are my beloved daughter. With you, I am well pleased. God says this to you today. Let's take it as the truth that can shape who we are.